Welcome, everyone, to this edition of Per My Last Email. You've got Iron Mike and Papa Ganoush taking you through the next 45 minutes. Looking forward to a great show tonight. We talk some uh, NFL, we talk some college football, we talk some TV shows. We got a great interview coming up. Uh, Ganoush, it's, it's good to hear from you. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it, shall we? Iron Mike, I am so excited for this weekend's matchups in football, man. It's going to be an awesome, awesome Saturday. That's great. That's great. So we're starting off right here with college football. I've got a bunch of notable uh, games uh, coming up this Saturday. bunch of interesting matchups we got. I mean, I'm seeing at least – I'm counting four where top 15, 20 teams are playing. So, Ganoush, right off the bat, which one of these games uh, jumps out to you the most? So I'm actually going with a couple different ones in the big matchups. Obviously, you know, you've got the Red River rivalry. Uh, I think, honestly, Texas is going to bounce back. Uh, I know Oklahoma is a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, this game. I'm not touching the over. It's at 72 points right now. Those games are always shootouts. But I just – I'm not buying Spencer Rattler at the moment. Uh, He looks like Patrick – Mahomes, but the comparison ends there. I mean, he had a uh, bad performance against yeah. Iowa State last week. That interception that he threw at the end of the game, I read somewhere that this is the first time Oklahoma's 0-2 in Big 12 play since 1998. So I agree with you. You know, Lincoln Riley, he's been the quarterback whisperer. He had Baker Mayfield. He had Kyler Murray. He had Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't think lightning strikes four times. So I'm I'm with you there. I'm, I'm, I'm bearish on, uh, on Rattler and what is traditionally, uh, you know, a great matchup between Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, Texas just lost to TCU. They're clearly not the same team. Sam Ellinger, not what people were expecting. So, so I, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta say that uh, that this one should come with more fanfare than it really is. Yeah, and the sad part is, if Texas wins this game, I could see them still sneaking in the college football playoff. Now, see, that's interesting, and I, I'm going to touch on that in a bit, but I've got a good theory about how I think that the college football playoff is going to go. But so you're saying, how do you how do you fit Texas in there? Because a one-loss Texas team, let's say, versus a one-loss Georgia team or a one-loss Florida team, or I don't know if anybody's beaten Alabama this year, uh, you know, during the season at least, you got to argue that the, you know, the big 12 is going to, Texas is going to draw viewers. I mean, that's just, it's, you know, it's a big program. They've got their own network. They want Texas in this playoff. Uh, You know, Oklahoma's obviously had that spot forever. Now they have two losses. They're pretty much out of it unless, you know, shit hits the fan. But I just think that this is Texas's biggest hurdle. And then from here on out, it's basically smooth sailing, even if they did play horribly and, you know, come out, barely squeak this win away. But Now, I'm going to call out some games right now. I want instant reaction. First on the docket, we got number one Miami versus number seven Clemson. Trevor Lawrence versus Derek King. Miami was playing good last week. Clemson, of course, coming into this season steamrolling. Uh, Clemson's a 14-point favorite. Who who you got and why? Yeah, so exactly. I think Clemson handles them. If anything, this is going to be like Derek, Derek King showcasing for the pros why he should be, you know, early first round. Uh, you know, obviously I think Trevor Lawrence has already got that one spot locked up, even if he had like two picks this game and two touchdowns and, you know, Clemson, I, I don't see Miami coming in there and upsetting them period just from all, all ends of the ball. Uh, you know, Miami's outmatched completely in this game. I think 14, I, I would say Clemson by, I'm, I'm thinking at least 17 to 21 points easily in this game. I, I don't, I don't see it being a good game at, late at night. I, I do think, I do have some blocks this week, and I will tell you this. Syracuse is plus three against an 0-4 Duke Blue Devils team. The game's at Syracuse. They just beat a somewhat decent Georgia Tech team by 17 points. But honestly, man, I'm hammering the money line this game, and by that I mean 60 U.S. dollars on the orange. Um, Dude, we like 60 U.S. dollars. 60 U.S. dollars exactly. it is. Dr. Locks puts it in. This is a can't lose. This is a can't right lose. Here. I'm PMLE special, and I'm parlaying that with Mississippi State. I love Mike Leach. He has himself a solid quarterback. He's got a fun offense, doesn't? Yeah, he, he does. I mean, and with KJ Costello, the guys, uh, Miami, or excuse me, Mississippi State's Rundy has only given up 1.9 yards of carry. I'm actually going to parlay this because they're getting two points at Kentucky. So I like Mississippi State getting two, and Syracuse getting two. Or excuse me, Syracuse getting three, and then. Uh, Take the Georgia Tennessee under. Now it's 43 points total for that game, but it's absolutely going to downpour 
because we've got Hurricane Delta hitting the, hitting the Gulf. And, I, you know, I think we're going to see something similar to that UGA-Kentucky game last year when we had a 0-0 halftime score. Well, our thoughts and prayers are with everyone um, you know, affected by this upcoming hurricane. And obviously, we wish safety to, uh, to all of our listeners as well. Um, moving on to the next matchup I got here, Florida-Texas A&M. Texas A&M, they got boat races past weekend by Alabama. Granted, that's one of the best offenses in the land. Florida, you've got them number three in the country. Kyle Trask throwing for 300 yards a, a game. Ganoush, what are we seeing in this game? Who do we like and why? You know, I bet on Texas A&M last week, and I think they were getting 18 against Alabama, and that was obviously a, a dingleberry bet. Uh, so, don't I, – I, I, Florida looks good, man. I mean, I hate to say it because, you know, I despise Florida. I, I think that the dogs are going to – We are not a pro We are not podcast. a pro, pro Florida Sorry podcast. Sorry to you uh, Florida listeners out there, but um... – yeah, if I had to have dinner with Tim Tebow ever, I'd probably stick two forks in my knives, like or two forks in my eyes. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. So, sorry, Florida fans. This, uh, you're okay to lose the two of you that are listening to this, but this is, is was and always has been a pro George Bulldogs podcast. Go dogs, baby! You know that's, I, I, I think it's going to be an undefeated matchup when we take on Florida the first week of November. Man, I, I don't see Texas A. Texas A. M. might give them a good game in the first half, but I think Florida. They, they got a strong offense. I mean, Kyle Pitts, that wide receiver they've got, that dude's 6'4". I think he's had a touchdown almost every quarter this year. Uh, I, I just – I don't see it with this. I think it's funny that Florida's two main players, both their first name is Kyle. You know, it sounds like they're the kind of guys that should be sponsored by Monster Energy. You could see them behind, like, a quick trip huffing glue and doing kickflips off a trash can that they just knocked Absolutely. over. That's, you they know, do live in Florida, but, um, man, and, we, and, you know, they are Florida men, right? And that 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 makes sense. They're adding adding credence to it. I'm going to get back to the to the playoff talk in a sec, but first I want the game that obviously everybody's here to listen to. We got Georgia Tennessee coming up. We got Cade Mays, Jeremy Pruitt coming back to Athens. Who do we like and why in this game? The, I want the line moved. It was 14. The dogs were given 14. Now we're only given 12 and a half. Tennessee's got a strong. Uh, Offensive line, obviously, you know, Cade Mays is a beast, man. But we're, I mean, we're definitely going to be coming for his ass. I, I say look for, watch out for Adam Anderson this game. Adam Anderson's been balling out, man. Outside linebacker, he's a five-star. He's his junior year. You know, we got Jermaine Johnson coming off the edge. Same with Aziz Ojolari. The, the Dogs defense is elite, no doubt, at, like at all. Dogs defense is elite. That Auburn game, yeah. they really put the pedal to the metal. You know, the offense was serviceable and – and certainly Stetson, the mailman, Bennett, stepped up and uh, was definitely a solid game manager. But, yeah, this team's going to win games. I'm hoping we make Jared Guantanamo, Guantanamo feel like it's Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, I don't even know how to pronounce his <laughs> last name, man. But I'm hoping we lock his ass. I, 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 I looked it up. It, it's similar to Guantanamo. <laughs> right. So we can just we can leave just that pun, that. baby. Um, All right. Last, last bit before we jump over to the pros. So we were talking college football playoffs. Here's my theory for how it's going to go. So – Obviously, you don't want to overlook the Tennessee game this weekend. I'm assuming the dogs are going to win this weekend. Playing Bama next weekend, I don't see a victory there. If we win out and we only have one loss, Florida, that means we end up beating Florida. Florida also finishes with one loss. Then we play Alabama in the SEC championship game and beat Alabama. That is three one-loss SEC teams who played a full schedule against other high-powered SEC teams. I just think with the wackiness of this year, assuming Clemson wins out as well, I could easily see a scenario where you get three SEC teams in, that being Georgia, Alabama. And yeah, Florida. that's I, – I would love – we we all need Texas to lose on, on Saturday. I hate to say it, we do. Like, we, we need the Big 12 out of this mix because, you know, the Big 10 is going to come in. Ohio State's probably going to get in with eight wins. It's just going to happen. Even the Big uh, – the Pac-12 might get in with Oregon being, like, seven wins. No way. No I, way. I the think Pac-12 they might, man. In. They're playing seven games. I, I mean, they're undefeated. That's 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 thirty that's thirty percent less games than teams in the ACC, Big Twelve, than SEC played. Like I just I think the committee is reasonable, and they're going to look past the facade of these schools trying to pansy ass seven games against inferior teams to justify them going to the playoffs. Like the Pac-12 hasn't even they first off they've only been in like two of the playoffs, and only one of the times have they reached the championship game. Like. It's the weakest. Yeah, they got boat race that it. game. I remember by Ohio State. It was like Oregon with uh, Mariota. So right, and uh, and it was Ohio State with. Uh, I'm just gonna Jones. say we're all thinking though, man. In, unless you're a conference champion and your name's not, and your name's not Alabama, you're you're not getting in the playoff, man. It's just Georgia gets snubbed if we lose out if we beat Alabama at 
it's, it's tough. You know, if we lose Alabama and then lose Alabama twice, obviously we're not in. But Florida gets snubbed. If we, let's say, lose Alabama during the regular season, beat them in the SEC championship, Florida's out, even if, you know, they have one loss. I think, like, a team like Texas would get in over Florida. I hate to say it. I think Florida's a better team. But I think you're going to give a conference champion. You, you don't, they're not going to have three one, in one conference, man. Someone's going to get snubbed big time this year. Well, I think that's the beauty about debating sports yeah. is we have many other weeks ahead of time to, to figure it out before they've actually got it inside. All right, switching to the pro side of the ball, we got a great slate of games coming up in the NFL this upcoming week. I just got word from my sources that the uh, Titans-Bills game is being moved to Tuesday and the Patriots-Broncos game could be moved to Monday as a result of COVID-19 protocols. So obviously we'll keep you up to date on any developments on that. We've got the three and one Bucks with an ageless wonder Tom Brady going up against a three and one Chicago Bears led uh, or Nick Foles led Chicago Bears team on the Thursday night game right now. But what stands out for this Sunday night match? This Sunday's matchups, Ganoush. We've got the Vikings and the Seahawks as the Sunday night game. That looks pretty pretty entertaining. Seahawks are really thin on their secondary right now, man. They're uh, they're beat up big time. Russell Wilson's playing the best football I've ever seen a quarterback play. Honestly, you know what. Boy, he's he's got to be he's got to be the, fa- the, the odds on favor right now. To win heavy the favorite. Yeah. And Rogers too. him. Him one. I mean, he's heavy favorite right now, you know, especially the Seahawks are they win the division, too. I mean, it's he's got it in the bag. Absolutely. Russell Wilson. I, I think he had okay. 14 touchdowns in the first three games. It's unreal. I mean, oh, he's, man. He's, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to so I'm going to name you the four Owen uh, four teams that are still in the league right now. We've got. The New York football Jets, the New York football Giants, the Houston Texans, and the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons playing the Panthers, Jets playing the Cardinals, Giants playing the Cowboys, and Texans playing the Jaguars. Who do you see of those four finally getting that monkey off their back and getting the first I think win Texans, the man. They got, they got rid of Bill O'Brien. I think they're going to – you know, that's the best thing that could happen for them. That guy is poisonous. I wish the Falcons would get rid of Dan Quinn already. Just put him out of his misery. I mean, at this point, our, you know, thank God we had the Atlanta Braves win yeah. today. But yeah, it is a bleak. At this point, are you are Atlanta you rooting for the Falcons, Falcons to go uh, to not win a game so we can get the first pick and get a new quarterback in there? I mean, dude, I can't, I can't in good faith do that as a Atlanta Falcons right. fan. I've been a fan my whole life, and I'll always be a fan. But you're right. Like, what the fuck's going to happen this year? Are we going to start off one and seven? get to the bye week and then reel off six meaningless wins and go and then seven get the and nine. Pick. We just waste another right. year with Matty Ice and Julio. Like everybody's thinking the same thing. And Dan Quinn's supposed to be a defense guy. He's never even been above average in DBOA in the league since he's been coach in 2015. So like you've got to make a change at some point. The buck stops with him. You can't have your players buy into a culture that the, that the, coach can't lead by example i mean these humiliating losses that we've had this let me year. let me ask you this who's your right now super bowl matchup prediction because I got, I got a hot take for you big time god i am gonna go i'm gonna go with the chiefs out of the afc i think you're just i mean the you, you know Mahomes just playing the way that he is like they're looking so good you just you, you you can't bet against them, and then I'm gonna go from the NFC. Am I gonna go? I'm gonna go with the Seahawks. I mean, you you really you can't beat Russell Wilson right now. He's playing out of his mind. You know, both teams. You know, they got solid playmakers on there. Like, I I would not be surprised if we see a Seahawks Chiefs matchup. In that would be very very interesting. I, who, who so the chalk tells me Chiefs Packers Super Bowl rematch of Super Bowl one, you know the first one ever, which uh, when Packers won that one with Bart Starr, you know that's what the chalk says. But here's my hot take prediction right here, and I've got the Buccaneers led by Tom Brady versus Cam Newton's Patriots. And he, hear me out here: the Chiefs caught some huge breaks against the Patriots the other night. I mean, Cam Newton isn't going to make the same mistakes as Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham did in the red, at the red zone, you know. I, I, you That's know, I think point. Buccaneers yeah. are straight balling out. Right and they now. played the Seahawks close on that Sunday night game. Yeah, I, I think the, you know, I, I'm never going to pick the Saints, obviously. You know, the Saints, they smoked the Buccaneers in the first game. But, you know, the Packers, man, they've got some injuries at wide receiver. I, I do. I, I think the Bucks got a great defense. And I think in the postseason, 
that's really what gets you to the Super Bowl and, you know, gets you over the hump, man. So I, I would love that storyline. And obviously I would be – we I think we the entire country would be pulling for the Buccaneers that game, wouldn't you, even though they're in our division? You know, you'd kind of oh – God, I've always loved Brady, even though, you know, the Bucs are a rival of the Dirty Birds. But, man, that'd be that'd be a great story, wouldn't it? I think people could really yeah, fall in love I mean, with that story. Yeah, I mean, that would be nuts. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break right now. Coming up, we got a great interview with the founder of an Instagram page, WTF Stats. We talk stats with him. And then later in the program, we're going to go over uh, fun new TV shows we've been watching. We've also got some great segments for you. So everybody, please don't touch that dial. Stay tuned in to Purr, my last. And welcome back to Per My Last Email. You've got Iron Mike and Papa Ganoush taking you through this second segment. Yes, sir. We've got a very special guest for you today, our good friend Peyton, curator of a six-figure Instagram account, uh, WTF Stats. Peyton, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners, tell us a little bit about your page, and then who knows, maybe we've got some stats that will end up stumping even you. <laughs> All right, what's up? Yeah, this is Peyton. Um, yeah, just an Instagram page called WTF Stats that I just post sports stats that make you say WTF. That's pretty much it. So, no, I like that. So, how 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 hard was it initially building up the following for that? Like, like clearly, you just can't buy a hundred thousand followers. You got to get some of that like organically, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, it was it was all organic and. Definitely the beginning was the toughest, but um, the whole basis of it was just to build something that would be shared because I felt like growing an audience would be built organically with something that's shared. And if it's a stat so crazy that compels you to say WTF, then you would probably share with your friends. And so the beginning, it took like two months to get 2,000 followers, but then we've been rolling since then. So were there like thresholds once you got to 10,000, it was easier to get to 20 or was it you know harder to get to 50 than it was to get to 60? In that kind of sense, was that like those kind of milestones? Because I remember when I was out there, Peyton, to uh, see you in uh, L.A. back when we were sucking down lobster tails at a catch, a uh, humble brag there. Um, you know, you were right around 50,000. Now you're at 106,000 and you're actually like building a brand under this. You know, kind of talk. Is Was there steps to that or, you know, was it just all again, all organic and you were just, you know, growing and growing and growing with like hashtags and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's definitely is milestones. I mean, the first thousand was definitely tough because, like, who wants to follow an account with less than a thousand right. followers? And so I felt like that was the case for ten thousand. So for me to get to five thousand, a lot of my, a lot of that was built from me following and unfollowing. So it wasn't me like just following random people. I would look at other Instagram pages that were like sports or sports stats related, and what I deemed is not a very good page. I'm like, wow. That's if people follow this page, they'll for sure follow my page. So I'll just to get the attention on following and follow that. And then I feel like after you get past 10,000, I mean, it's just like first appearance when you look at the page, like you want to see clean. And the fact that it says like 10K or more, I feel like people are more likely to follow. But nothing too crazy. It's just most of the followers will come from like one stat that just goes viral and does really well and then brings in a bunch of people. Now, how much time would you say in a given day you're spending on this? Because it seems like from, from what I've researched, you've got multiple platforms now building building up the following base. So, you know, it's it's got to be relatively time consuming. Yeah, it, it does take up some time. I've done well. I've been a lot better now at delegating my time for different car, car, uh, compartmentalizing my time. So now I have two phones. So now I only have one that has social media on it. So I'll, it's pretty good when I'm doing my real job that I don't have that with me, but it would take, yeah, I mean, it takes time. It doesn't take that much time to make the designs. That's really quick on my phone. Um, finding the stats that doesn't, it's not, it's hard to account for it. Cause it's not like extra time. Right. Cause I'm sure you guys are the same way where you're looking at sports stuff, watching a game, watching anything, or like just following fantasy football or anything. And it's like those stats just jump out to me. So I just notice them a little quicker. Plus now I have a bunch of people that'll send me stats. So I don't spend, too much time on creating the stats anymore but i probably spend too much time like obsessing over the numbers and the growth and keep looking at to see how my posts do and stuff yeah i mean i think it's just pretty amazing what you've done 
honestly, you're you're creating other accounts too. I see you have like a WTF just sports in general, WTF babes, and then are, where do you see like the brand headed? Are you looking to get like noticed by like ESPN or like a barstool, or do you want to do your own thing? Like, what is your what's kind of the end goal in this? Is it something you could see yourself quitting your current job and focusing on full time? You know, where you what do you see yourself on this in like a year from now? Let's say. Yeah, the end goal would just be to, yeah, make enough money from this to support myself and make a living just in the sports industry and around sports stats or whatever. And doing working for myself is really nice. But I mean, if that opens the door to like a job at some other sports company, like I'll, of course, be open to that. Like, it's just kind of like a, a term I learned at, at Georgia in one of my entrepreneur classes called the corridor effect, where basically if you go down the hallway of this path you want to go down, you keep opening doors eventually you'll find something and that door leads to another hallway of more doors that will open. Um, but in a year or so, I mean, I think I'll still continue to make a little money from ads and other parts and just continue to grow the brand and see where that goes. I mean, I have some other ideas in the works like podcast and stuff on YouTube, but for now, now how many, going. how many followers do you need to actually make money on Instagram? I've heard rumors that say it's a million, that it's a million five, like, where are you making some 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 physical paper money, you know, and yeah. what follower level? Yeah, I would say anytime you see anything of that, it's always going to, like, online, like, oh, you've made this much of this many followers. It's always wrong. It's extremely exaggerated. <laughs> um, but it just depends on what you're, you're doing. So for me, my money comes from, like, ads, um, from selling merch on my website, from selling my picks on WTF Bets. So we send out picks every day. We sell those. And then now TikTok is actually paying per day for like views and shares and on your videos. So there's a little bit of money here and there, but that's definitely, I'm not, I'm definitely not making enough to, to live off yet. All right. Well, let's get into some stats related questions. Cause I know that's what the listeners kind of want to hear your, your page. And it's very interesting. Everybody should go check it out. It's really got some of the coolest sports stats out there. I consider myself WTF a stats. Yeah. and a, and a, and a stats aficionado as well. So, Peyton, uh, first up, which of these stats that you've come across has really just hit you and been like, wow, that's a crazy stat? Like, does any one stat stick out in particular? Yeah, the, the first stat would be, so back in quarantine started, we actually held a tournament of 64 different stats and let all the followers <laughs> vote on which one is the craziest. And the one that won is definitely the craziest to me is the fact that Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles in his NFL career than drops. <laughs> and it's not even close. Is that true? Yes, I verified that. Many, wow. Many yeah, how are you sourcing a lot of this That's stuff? That's awesome. How are you oh, sourcing all? Is, uh, are you getting, like, corrections from people on other, you know, competitors on sites and stuff like that that, you know, like, let's say a rival Instagram? Or who, uh, how are you – are you, you know, Googling it? Like, what – you know, how, how do you, is well, it, how are you finding it like organically and stuff like that is, is basically my question. Yeah. So, so luckily the followers are, all my followers are very, very nice enough to let me know if I'm wrong right away, if there's any mistake whatsoever. So I usually, after I post, I need to wait a couple minutes to look at the comments just to see if I am wrong, if there's a typo or something, but it just depends on where I get it from, right? If some kid just DMs me like a random stat, like I'll look it up myself. Some are pretty easy to verify. Some are way more difficult. But if I see the stat was posted by like a very notable account like ESPN or CBS, I'm just going to trust that they're right and then say that I got it from them. So if I'm wrong, I just blame them. Would you ever want to parlay this into like working for a stats department at like ESPN right, or something he has like a that? Right, because like, you know how like SBP yeah. or one of those, right, like SBP or those guys, you know, when he's yeah. chatting with Stanford Steve, he's talking about all these stats and their stats department and they'll say like per Elias Sports Bureau or per ESPN Stats and Info, like, That'd be a pretty cool job. Yeah, it would be a really dope job. I'm definitely open to it, and I've explored those options very minimally, uh, a little bit. But yeah, if those opportunities present themselves, I'll definitely. Yeah, that's what I mean. Give me the guy who's built a brand, you know, has over a hundred thousand followers, versus you know, just a a guy from Northwestern who's in the uh, sports uh, communications program there. Even though it's a great school, you have like the resume; it's built in. That's what they're looking for these days. So I, I can't imagine. You know, them not reaching out eventually once you just keep building and building and building. Yeah, I mean, that's the okay. point. Just disrupt the uh, the environment until I just catch some attention, I guess. Right. So, I- Okay, fellas, I'm going to hit you with a stat real quick. And this one's going to blow your mind. Right. Just looked it up. 
the prize fund for the 1863 British Open in golf was less than your average Willie's meal is today. It was 10 British pounds was the total prize fund, which is pretty crazy to think about how sports come. Uh, sorry, Ganesh. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, one like of the that. things obviously wanted to prepare for uh, to talk to you about this, Peyton. So I, I've uh, come up with a list of some of my favorite stats that I've just pulled off. And you can stop me if any of these sound like BS or any of these sound legit or if you've heard these before. But I'd love to read you just a couple of what I found. So there uh, are 18 minutes of total action in an actual baseball game. Yeah, I got that one sent to me a lot for the uh, tournament. Um, I've seen that. the number. That's the number I hear the most. But sometimes I hear that it's nine minutes. Sometimes I hear it's whatever. It's like. That's a really tough one to verify, but yeah, it's not that much. Roger Maris was never intentionally walked the year he hit 61 home runs. Mickey Mantle batted behind him, so that's why. Uh, I was going to say, before you told me Mickey Mantle batted behind him, I was like, that's that doesn't make sense, but I guess now it does. I could see that also because they weren't pussies back then <laughs> right. and they didn't intentionally walk people, you know, like they did. Like now it's just like, oh, you can point to the base and you can go, like – Babe Ruth would be smoking cigars and eating whole chickens and rolling my, over in his grave. Here's my personal favorite of all the ones I've – well, I'm, I've got – there's a bunch of good ones here. But with the final pick of the 1983 NBA draft, Philadelphia 76ers owner Harold Katz took 49-year-old Norman Horvitz out of the Philadelphia College of Pharmacy. There are different rumors about this connection between Katz and Horvitz, though one holds that they were poker buddies. Horvitz stats as the draft – Mr. Irrelevant was noted unironically by contemporary newspaper accounts. That's a fun one. That's weird. Um, all right. So um, I'm going to hit you with two truths and a lie here, oh, Peyton. Boy. So I'm going to see. I'm going to test your, your thoughts. I hit this with Ganoush last week. Um, so I'm going to see if you can do it. All right. Uh, number one. The tip of a shoelace is referred to as an aglet. Number two, a duel between three people is considered a truel. That's T-R-U-E-L. And number three, O.J. Simpson, after his playing career, very ironically got a law degree from the University of Southern California. Which of those three statements is false? Um, damn, this is all so random. Uh, the second right. one sounds so made up that it's probably true. The third one, I mean, wouldn't be bad to brush up on some law after what he went through. But the first one is just like, I have no idea. No idea that the tip of a shoelace even had a name. So you could put any word there and it would be the same to me. Um, I'm going to go with the first one being false. Uh, the first one is true. It is called an aglet. The third one is false. O.J. Simpson did not get a law degree from the University of Southern California. So, Ganoush, that marks two people that I have stumped with those very same clues. Uh, listeners, if you're listening, Iron Mike is 2-0 and o now. So, the next guest we'll have on, we'll have to stump them again on that one. Here's so a, here's a pretty a cool right one, now. too, the futuristic one. A curveball thrown on Mars would become a screwball, and hitters would have the advantage since balls would also travel almost three times as far. Do you ever, that is a fun one. Oh, that is um, a fun one. One of my personal favorites that I did find as well was the movie Angels in the Outfield featured two angel players who would eventually go on to win Best Actor Oscars. Adrian Brody for The Pianist and Matthew McConaughey for, of course, Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> Interesting. Wait, that's can we go back one. to the curveball turning into a screwball? How does that work? Oh, man. I, that's so Mike's science. That's, the your, other that's way, your, right? your category, Mike. So, so I'm Mr. Science Guy here. Uh, I'm going to say it has to do with gravity because uh, gravity is different. So, bam, there, there's, there's your answer uh, because we would weigh an iota on Mars on what we weigh now. I mean, think about it. We, if like the three of us formed a basketball team on Mars and we were playing against like the Earth version of the Los Angeles Lakers with Crybaby LeBron, we would like jump all over them. And like it would bring me a lot of happiness to beat LeBron. I don't know if y'all saw him during the game on Sunday night when he walked off the court like a little bitch, but like that really pissed me off. Like I liked LeBron and I didn't like him seeing him, you know, yeah. pout like that. He like, left come with 10 on. seconds left because Jimmy Butler was balling on him. Okay, here's the 
Jimmy Butler was balling. And on and on that note, uh, Ganoush, let me just interrupt you right quick. Here's another fun stat. Jimmy Butler uh, had the third game ever in an NBA Finals in which they scored a 40-point triple-double. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Peyton first. Who do you think the two other players were to also have a triple-double uh, while scoring 40 points? And then, Ganoush, I'll go with you after. Dang, I posted a stat. I got that one sent to me, and I posted a version of that stat where he was the only – he's the first person to have score 40 points in a game without a three-point attempt since Shaq in 02. I did see that one. I think I might have seen that on your account, actually. It was since yes, Shaq. So Shaq. Yeah, that's right. Been... Um, so it's actually not Shaq is not one of them, so I'll say that. They're, they're, I'll, I'll give a hint. One player is still playing right now, and one is retired. So what was it is that they scored 40 points in a finals game – they had a 40-point triple-double game in the finals. I, mean, I, I would have to guess LeBron is one of them. LeBron is and one of them. And the other one up 40 points is Kobe? Uh, it is not Kobe. Jerry West. Ganoush, you want to guess? It is Jerry West. Well done, Yep. Uh, he did. We talked about it before, <laughs> but that's that's really not fair. Um, but yeah, it was in the 1969 finals. I saw that. Right. One this on is a, a, a pretty cool ABC. one. I knew that. I knew it was. Fun. Yeah, this is a good one. I found too. I don't know. You guys ever watched the show Billions? No. So I have watched uh, Billions. Fantastic show. Plug that a little bit. But the commissioner who negotiated the agreement that banned Pete Rose from baseball was A. Bartlett Giamatti, who is also the father of actor Paul Giamatti. Did you know that Paul G- – that is true, and that was a crazy one. And he was only uh, commissioner for six months because he died of a heart attack. So, literally, he was there for six months, banned Pete Rose, and then, yeah, died of a heart attack. But another interesting fact about Giamatti is he was in the same secret society at Yale as uh, the Bushes and, like, John Kerry and the guy who founded FedEx. It's called the Skull and Bones Society, and they're, like, conspiracy theories that they, like, rule the world. So another fun yeah, Giamatti fact. Yeah, I've heard fact. about that, but how do we unban Pete Rose? I know, he deserves to be in. Uh, we definitely need to. I mean, just like, at this point, like, come to win? Yeah, like, that's called being a team player in my book. What the heck? Yogi Berra won Ridiculous. 13 World Series in 18 seasons with the Yankees. That's amazing. Yeah, that was just that, that was, was pretty. That was a ridiculous here's, a, here's a solid one, Peyton. Uh, during the 1974 World Cup in Munich, National teams were given BMWs for buses as transportation. After being eliminated, Zaire unsuccessfully tried to drive theirs back to Africa from Munich. You may now know this as the <laughs> Congo. <laughs> I don't even think you can really drive a car from like Germany down to Central Africa. Is it a they duck like, boat? There was like a Vice Boston? documentary I mean, that I possible. watched. <laughs> Um, there was a documentary on Vice that I watched where basically, like, each of the countries have their own quality of roads, but, like, in between each is, like, this armed security guards, and you've got to go through all these checkpoints, and, like, it's it's not like driving from, you know, L.A. to Atlanta, where you can do it in, like, three days. Like, it takes you a long time if you're able to, like, do it. All right, I got uh, – Paige, you got any ones to stump us that are, like – can you give us, like, some – yeah, let's one ones that didn't make. Yeah, the let's list hear let's hear some from the masses. Give us some. Let me see. Give me a second. Um. Yeah. Can you still hear absolutely. Me? All right. Let me see what I have like piped up that I haven't posted yet. Um. Ooh, getting a little plug before. Yeah, give her give her a little, little, little pre-action. You know. All right. Yeah. This is what the listeners came there's for. Some, there's some bizarre ones that I haven't verified yet i know the next one i was going to verify was the i guess the stat is still going is that uga defense hasn't allowed a rushing touchdown to an opposing running back since the 2018 sec championship that is so awesome and can we just get a plug in for our georgia bulldogs here two and oh beat the hell out of auburn so to any of you auburn listeners like i'm glad you're listening but y'all need to figure out how to stop losing to georgia because man y'all certainly like losing to georgia a lot uh, so another one I haven't verified, but he gave me the source, so I'm sure this is probably true. So the Eagles' last three pass plays of over 40 yards were each catch caught by players in their first game with Eagles. 
So it was a 41-yard pass from Winston Burnett versus the Giants in 19. A 50-yard pass from Winston. How do you say his last name? Uh, Rieger. Oh, Rieger. That versus Washington, right. and then a 42-yard pass from Winston Fulgham this weekend. So each of their last. Each of their I'll last tell you games, what. Yeah, he's... Carson Wentz. He he blows, man. He, he's not he a was good quarterback. Just an MVP conversation like not too long ago. Yeah, then he fucked up his knee, and he, like, can't throw now. And they drafted Jay Hurts. Use the statistics. Yeah, statistically the best quarterback of all time. Like, if you just had to go off stats, is it? Aaron Rodgers. It's not that close. Right. It's got to be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's got, like, a he's got like a QBR, like, average QBR of, like, 105. Him and, like, yeah, Tony Romo. Yeah, his, uh, I mean, this... his interception to touchdown ratio is, is unmatchable. That, but but if you talk yeah, about that's like, right. it's like wins, you count for wins too. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is on pace to set some records. Well, he caught some breaks last night. That is so crazy that he is – he did, yeah. That is so crazy that he's 25 years old and he's already worth half a billion dollars and he owns part of the Royals. That's a, that's pretty cool. And he just got engaged and he found out he's having a kid. So good on you, Patrick Mahomes. Love to love to hear that. We at – we at PMLE are our pro pro Patrick Mahomes podcast. Patrick, if you're one of the few listeners of the Drake show, listening as you know, come on the show. Sometime. All right, we'd so love to, on, we'd love to on chat. August seventeenth, nineteen fifty-seven, sure. Richie Ashburn of the Philadelphia Phillies hit spectator Alice Roth with a foul ball, breaking her nose. As Alice was being carried off the field in a stretcher, Richie Ashburn hit another foul ball at her, breaking a bone in her knee. <laughs> <laughs> I think I that. that is three stooges, man. That is like, oh, that y'all have heard one. the the yes. Doc Ellis one, right? Dude, but do you know what's crazy is that yeah. his okay. name, if you put his last name and then the first initial of his the first letter of his first name is LSD. Ah. Oh wow, that's I hadn't even thought. That's like a that's like the Eric Wareheim meme where he's like. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like blowing up his brain. Like, yeah, that one. Someone commented that on when I posted that. I was like, oh my gosh, how how did I never hear that? But another, it's kind of a long theme of your old, old timey baseball ones. One of the uh, my other favorite ones that was in that tournament was that the pitcher Ray Caldwell, I think back in 1919, was struck by lightning while he was pitching in the ninth inning, and then still was able to finish a complete game. That's awesome. That is so badass. I mean, like, right. think about, like, how right. our generation is. And you have people then, like, fighting in world wars and then, like, going down into mines every day and, like, having to walk back up, you know, both sides of a hill to get to school. Like, and now we, we can't even, like, you know, if we, if we don't have well, our phone with us, mines, we're like, my oh, my God, we lost. Like, basically the same thing, you know. <laughs> All right. Prior to 1900, <laughs> prize fights lasted up to 100 rounds. Boxing then became a legal sport in 1901. 100 wow. rounds. Oh, my God. So there was always a knockout. Did y'all know that the first college football game was played in 1869, which was only four years after the Civil War, which is just wild to think. But, like, some of those people in that game probably had, like, family members that fought in, like, the Union Army. It was, it was College of New Jersey, which is now Rutgers versus Princeton. In like September of 1869, I think. And Georgia's got one of the oldest rivalries of all time against Auburn. They just had their 125th meeting. So that's what do you think be College of New biggest, Jersey would like, do against Georgia's 4 3 defense? Three. <laughs> you mean, oh, well, that's like, uh, what was it, Cumberland versus Georgia Tech in like 1890? That was like 220 to nothing because the Cumberland team disbanded the day before and they just got like a bunch of frat dogs together and they were all boozed up from the night before so like they didn't know how to throw a pass and georgia tech scored like 70 I, touchdowns i know on. the score i didn't that's I didn't pretty lame of you georgia tech didn't know as much frat daddies yeah yeah so apparently yeah apparently the team disbanded the game before but since georgia tech was already paying them like 50 bucks to come play the game which is like what they paid back then Cumberland just like got a team to get I watched an interesting YouTube video on it actually they got a team of like random people together but since the random team people had never played football together they would just kick the ball off to them every time and every time they got tackled they'd fumble the ball and like that's how George Tech ended up running up the score. that was back when you scheduled a high school team and you're literally in your first game of the season <laughs> right 
that was the stat that I saw last last year. If y'all remember, Minnesota was like undefeated for oh, yeah. like the second to last week, and they showed the last time they were undefeated was in like 1900, and they played like Duluth, <laughs> Minneapolis High School. So here's another fun Auburn Georgia stat: is the last uh, the last four times that Auburn has played Georgia as as Auburn is ranked a top ten team, they've lost by at least 21 points. Wow. This year, 2017, that's, that's, that's 2014, a fun 2006, one right there. they're all top 10 and lost by at least three touchdowns. Oh, damn. This has been a, this has been a fun day of, uh, of stats and, and learning for me. Um, I think I'm good on my end. Ganoush, you got anything uh, anything more to add? Uh, thanks again for coming on, Pace. Yeah, so, yeah, in, 19, so much in July fun. of 1934, Babe Ruth paid a fan $20 for the return of a baseball he hit for his seventh other career home run, which now equivalents to $173,000. How about, how about Joe Burrow throwing his first, getting his first win? And saying he's like, oh, that ball is going right back in the ball bag. You don't get too many of those. I love it. Too many balls. That are I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, Bengals fan at the moment, man. I'm, That's I'm, great. Uh, gonna have to ditch the Falcons for this year at least. <laughs> I might be done with the Falcons for good. Falcons blow. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, Peyton, thanks for coming on. Uh, hope to have everyone you on follow WTF stash. Um, what are the other ones, Peyton? Follow follow uh, WT yeah Peyton what are the other WTF ones WTF Sports and you can find links to all the other ones but the uh, yeah that one WTF bets you can you can find them all okay awesome. Thank you. And welcome back everybody boy Ganoush that was a great interview wasn't it. Yeah, thanks so much to Peyton for coming on the show. I mean, I mean that was really cool. I learned a lot of stuff just about how to curate a Instagram feed, how to grow your follower base, and I also learned some interesting stats. Yeah, he gave us tons of tips for our account. The per my last email podcast. Yep, and that's and that's just up on Instagram today. So make sure to uh, give us a follow. Uh, you won't be sorry. We'll put out great content, and uh, yeah, it'll be great. All right, moving on. Uh, we're doing some TV talk right now. Uh, I've been watching a lot of good TV shows. Amazon Prime has been hot with the TV shows recently. Going to get into that uh, in a bit. But Ganoush, let's let's start off with you. You know, what are you seeing on the boob tube? What are you liking? Give the viewers, give the listeners some of what they want. Obviously, been watching a lot of sports, man. But hey, season finale of Below Deck. You know, that's my show. Just came out. That is Blow such Deck a Med. fun show to it watch. It really is. My man. my Love old it. roommate, shout out old roommate Harper, uh, loved to watch that show when uh, when we lived together. Um, and it's a great show. I mean, there was. Could you imagine like being one of the people who agrees to go on some like luxury chartered yacht uh, that's also a reality TV show? And then they just film you the entire time. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. It, Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go on there because they always make the guests look like such assholes on there, no matter how. Well, much I mean, are. think about it. If you're yeah. willing to go on a chartered yacht that uh, they're also filming a reality TV show on, you probably are an asshole. So, like, <laughs> you know that that makes sense. But the boys on Amazon, man, I know you're a huge fan. My girlfriend and I, we've been watching it like crazy. Homelander is definitely a Houston Astro fan. You know, he's definitely oh, a huge scumbag. He's so evil, isn't he? He's yeah, so great evil. villain, man. He's a great villain. Oh, the uh, the season finale is coming out this evening. I'm just I'm just chomping at the bit at it. It's gonna be so good. It's so like I love how they do the gore, but then there's also like the superhero aspect of it. Like just this idea that like if superheroes did exist in our universe and they were all just huge bastards, like it'd be. Oh man, that'd be that'd be fun. I, I, I'm glad that that I don't live in the universe of the boys. I'm glad that uh, that our superheroes are just the the healthcare heroes out there saving us every day. So, Absolutely, so thank you to you healthcare heroes. I love that um, they're ragging on Scientology this season too. I mean, I'm a huge Tom Cruise guy, but what a ridiculous yeah. cult that is. I mean, is. it's a it's it's a pretty it's a pretty easy uh, group to to rag on. You know, they yeah. they really set up a lot of it. It's kind of par for for the course for them. Uh, sticking with Amazon Prime, I have started watching on the advice of a friend, uh, this show called Utopia. It is a remake of a British television show that basically this comic book can predict um, terrible events 
that are going to come in the future. And this group of people is onto this like conspiracy theory about it. I'm only a few episodes in, but it's got the comic book. It's got the gore. It's got the conspiracy theories. Like I'm kind of scared to watch it alone tonight, but like, I think I'm going to end up watching an episode just cause like, I got to get my fix of it tonight. I mean, yeah, we need something else, man. Cause you know, they keep delaying the movies. They, they just push back. Dune. Isn't that awful? Yeah. They push back Dune. They push back to Robert Pattinson, Batman, like, you know, Top these Gun. Movie theater chains keep, you know, right. closing. Like the, the Regal Cinemas is closed for like the oh, foreseeable future. But like, I mean, who really is going to go to the movies right now? Uh, that's that's the thing. Like they had that one movie, Tenant, that got released. And I mean, it bombed in the U.S. It did all right abroad. But like, are you going to have people cramming into movie theaters? Like, I don't think so. Every other seat, dude. That's the way we do it, man. Right. But... But does the basically is that going to be enough for you know movie studios to want to put out content in that way when they can just do what like Disney Plus did and put out that Mulan movie on premium video on demand? Right, you but know, the, that's the whole. The margins are made off the popcorn, so like Regal Cinemas, like they're, that's where they make their money is like popcorn, you know. Uh, right, dude. So you're just you're just you're getting half the popcorn that they were selling yeah, otherwise. That's true. Like, you've got to look at their, their overhead and costs like that. And like, does it make sense? And clearly they're in a position where it doesn't make sense for them to, to be no more free refills, dude. My dad literally would eat a bucket of popcorn before the previews were over. I'm not joking. And then I remember I was at, when I was a kid, I swear to God, I was at the movies (laughs) once and there was like a family of four combined. They had to weigh like, I don't know, a thousand pounds at least. (laughs) Um, And they each got their own giant tub of popcorn. And it was like 65 bucks for all the popcorn. And I just thought to myself, like, why don't they just get one giant tub of popcorn and they can refill it? But I mean, that's the America that we live in. You know, you want a giant tub of popcorn to just stuff all that butter and salt into your body. Then like, then go ahead and do it. My friend's dad used to like bring his tub of popcorn back to new movies. And like, like, yeah, can I get a refill? And like, I'm sure they were probably like, hey, buddy, Pirates of the Caribbean came out two years ago. What is this? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, what a cheap ass. <laughs> what a cheapo. What a cheapo. But yeah, All I right, let's... miss movies, man. I mean, we got to have something. Movies will come back. Movies movies will come back. I got to think this time of year from now, you know, we're we're going to be going to movies and, and sporting events again. Right, but I want some action-packed movies, man. That's what I, we need right now. We need some the good old movies. They're, they're the best. Back when men they're were little... men, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't apologize for love and beer, huge New York-sized boobs and football, baby. There, 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 there you yeah. go. There you go. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to some segments here. Uh, obviously, everybody knows with the Halloween fast approaching, we've only got a couple weeks, uh, that costumes are going to be in demand, albeit probably a little bit different this year, just with social distancing and whatnot. But it got me to thinking, you know, every year there are always some good new costume ideas that really knock the socks off of people. So, Ganoush, I want you to name three predictions for this upcoming Halloween season of costumes that you're expecting to see. I mean, we're definitely going to see a lot of Tiger King-related stuff. My idea, and anybody can steal this, because I'm not going to do it, Carol Baskin's husband, you just dress up like a zombie with tiger bite, tiger bite marks. <laughs> I think that would be pretty funny. Um, that's, a, that's a good one. I had, I had Tiger King on here, yeah, too. Literally, number two is literally anything with a mask on. All you'd have to do is wear masks. Uh and then three, I'm going to say something like cheesy, COVID-related, like a hazmat suit, like Jesse and Walt for Breaking Bad, you know, their yellow hazmat suits. That's, 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 that's always I mean, there's, one. there hasn't really um, been any, again, movies have been pushed back. Like, we haven't had, like, the Suicide Squad come out where girls are going to dress up like Harley Quinn and stuff like that again, you know what I mean? Well, see, it's interesting, because one, one of those, the more risque outfits I've kind of got in mind, but. I think the, the three I'm going to hone in on, uh, number one, Dr. Anthony Fauci. you got the lab nice. coat, the glasses, the, the Brooklyn accent going. Uh, number two, Cardi B in the WAP music video. That certainly took the internet by storm a couple of months ago. So you could certainly see, uh, so you could certainly see girls dressing up uh, in that way. And then kind of as a, as a group uh, effort, sort of a montage to, uh, or an homage to the last dance that, Obviously, everybody watched in April when everything was shut down. Uh, say a squad of fellas goes as the 98 Bulls. You've got MJ, Scotty, Rodman, and, and Phil. I think that'd be a great group costume. Those are all great ones, honestly, man. I mean, the, the WAP one just – would you be 
how what would they dress up as? Would they dress up like just in they dress up in those clad like, clothes? you know scantily clad bikinis or whatever yeah. they were wearing? You know, like in the and music they, video, like, I'd would imagine. they shoot like hoses at people? <laughs> You know, I think we're just going to have to wait till uh, till Halloween to figure that one out. Yeah. But be a on that time. note, on that note, today, over 100 years ago, the Georgia Tech football team defeated the Cumberland College 222 to zero. You might have heard a mention of that in our earlier segment. And it got me to thinking, Ganoush, I want you to name a couple of the most dominant sporting events that you can remember watching in either near recent memory or sometime in your lifetime, like really where, you know, one team just got absolutely boat race. I mean, dude, I hate to say it, but I was at the SEC championship last year when we played LSU and Joe Burrow bent us over a barrel, man. That was, that was a bad yeah. one. I, uh, we weren't in that game the, uh, at all. I mean, they were, pl- they were playing a different was... sport than us, man. Oh man, you know I uh, I remember I left that game after like you know like at the beginning of the fourth quarter I think we just threw a pick six or you know they had gotten to you know picked it off and took it down to our five yard line and you could just see the exodus of of Georgia fans out of there. Yeah, so, I dropped a small so portion on some club seats too, man. Like where the, you can drink in the Mercedes Benz yeah. section, and let me tell you, man, you can drink in those yeah, games. Yeah, if didn't know you that. go down to the Mercedes like on the field, you have to you can drink your drinks on the field like where the actual players are. Uh, but I also blame myself for that loss too, because I was calling out the dogs because they take you through like past the locker room and there's a divider between us and the LSU players. And I started calling out the dogs and we were all like all these Georgia fans and the LSU players were on the other side of this wall and they heard us and they started shaking the wall saying, whoop, whoop. Like while I was in the middle of calling, you know, saying, who's that coming down the track? And it was very, oh, man. <laughs> um, I think one that really sticks out to me, I believe it is the 1997 Masters. Tiger Woods, when he's 21 years old, beats the field by something like 15 strokes. I mean, you want to talk about someone right on the precipice of greatness right there. Like, he tied the course record for the lowest. It was actually matched by Jordan Spieth a couple years ago. But, yeah, he was 18 under and then followed by – we got here – Minus six under uh, by Tom Kite in second place. So he was 12 strokes ahead of the second place. And you got to think just just from a golf perspective, you know, beating the field by 12 strokes is really something. And then sticking to, to gridiron football, that, that Super Bowl a couple of years ago where, uh, where the, 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 uh, the Seahawks absolutely boat raced the Broncos, you know, beat them by like 40 points. I don't really recall ever seeing a, competitive you know championship level game like that where one team just boat raced the other yeah back, jump i mean jumping back to the WAP thing that you mentioned though in halloween man i was looking this up so rbc released the women's advisory program and their their uh, initials for that was WAP. boy who whoever is in charge of you know doing the acronyms for for that company you know you got to think they uh they're gonna stern talking to i mean that's a that's capital an easy markets. one that, that you just that, that you just that you just missed there for sure. Um, all right, so we've done two truths and a lie before, Ganoush, but I want to switch it up right now. I want to hit you with a couple would you okay. rathers. So the first one I got: Would you rather stick your hand in an in a fire ant hill for five minutes, or have to eat an entire jar of mayonnaise in an hour? Oh, fire ant hill. Yeah, I think I'd have to go with fire ant hill too. You know that they include the mayonnaise eating as like part of the competitive eating you know how they do like the hot dog eatings on on coney island on fourth of july like those people like are professional eaters and one of the contests they do is like yeah kobayashi ate like i want to say like a ton like literally like a metric ton no not a metric ton but he ate a ton of cow brains i watched him do it it was amazing like actual cow brains and they were raw and it was gross and everybody else was throwing up and he ate the entire thing because you know you train your you, they they don't taste flavor, man. It's not like like all oh, these hot dogs are great with Nathan's. You know, him and Joey Chestnut aren't like enjoying the food that they eat. Like it's what they're, you know, they're trying to fit as much as they can. So they've like they don't have the flavor as much as we do. I, I feel like. All right, and then I'm going to change it up for you right now. Um, not a necessarily gross or shock value one. I'm going to name four countries, and I'm going to ask you which one you would most want to go to. Okay. And why? France, Germany, Spain. 
England. Which one do you want to go to? I do love Germany. We were supposed to go to Oktoberfest this year, but that was obviously canceled. I will have, I've never been to London, um, but, you know, I'm Irish, man, so I'm not a huge fan of the British. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Germany. I was going to say Germany, too. Germany was I have my done the Rhine River, one. and we did Heidelberg, Trier, uh, lots of places. I mean, I love Germany. It's beautiful, man. Uh, but I, the one country I want to go to right now, obviously, Australia, but I'd say even before that would be Lithuania right now. I'd love to go to Lithuania. I hear it's very nice there. I hear Vilnius is quite yep. the town. Um, and, uh, Mike, do you have uh, – I've got a couple of would you rather right now for you as well. Let's, let's okay. do it. Would you, would you rather lose your pinky toe in an accident at work or Florida win 25 straight games against the Dogs? Well, this is just a sad shout out to our boy John Bud Light Flowers, who you know keeps losing uh, body parts and stomping yeah. accidents of the plant. I heard about so, that. So our thoughts, thoughts and, prayers and prayers are with him gone. on that. Yeah, he's having to eat yeah. the rest of uh, rest of his meals through a yeah. straw. So so get better, John Bud Light Flowers, and uh, and you know we wish you a, a recovery on that. But um, can it not be the pinky toe? Can it be like the well, middle toe? It can't toe? be the big toe because that's hear- what holds your balance. If you lose your pinky. No, dude, the pinky is a is big really? one too. Pinky and middle, pinky and pinky. I would do the middle. I would do half of the middle toe. Um, hold on. Can you caveat that with, if I do it, then that means that the dogs, either the dogs, Braves, or Falcons will win one championship in the next five years. And I get to go to it. Would you, would you add that in there? I would do it. We're doing we a little doing negotiation, negotiation? Of the deal. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, yeah, yeah. I'm going to add that. that. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, okay. Uh, we, uh, here's, um, here's another good one. Would you drink a cup of hot bat soup in the Wuhan market for a Braves world series W this year? Like for the action, the Braves to win the world. Series. Oh man. Yikes. I, uh, not partial to bat soup, but, um, I think I'm probably going to have to stay away from the bat well, my, soup my, on that one as much as if, uh, we win, if we win the World Series, Keisha Lance Bombs isn't stopping me from getting drunk at a parade. I mean, would the parade be on 285? That would be great. Just F traffic. I mean, high noons and high body temperature, baby. COVID, COVID is not stopping Atlanta from raging if the Braves win it all this year. I'm telling you. Braves, Braves are going to – we had a dominant performance today. Pitching's looking great, so I think the sky's the limit for them. We're probably going to run into a tough – Dodgers team uh, in the NLCS. I imagine we're going to play them, but uh, but yeah, no, it's going to be good. All right, Ganoush, by popular demand, and to end the show, uh, want to hit uh, some jokes real quick. Obviously, you're the comedian extraordinaire. Uh, so for whenever comedy shows are back in person, everybody make sure to go check out Ganoush at his various venues around the Atlanta area. So I want you to hit me with a couple of your jokes right now. Let's go. All right. So my dad actually told me this one last night, and I really liked it. A hunter goes into a jungle to capture a gorilla. He brings with him a hammer, a midget holding a shotgun, and a vicious attack dog pit bull. The hunter tells the midget, I'm going to sneak up that tree the gorilla's in, knock him off with my hammer, and as soon as he hits the ground, the pit bull will bite on his testicles and hold him down, and you put the gun on him in case he moves. So the hunter sees the gorilla. He climbs up the tree. He whacks the gorilla in the back of the head as hard as he can with the hammer. The gorilla just shakes his head snatches the hammer from him, the hunter, knocks him on the head, and shoves him on the branch. As the hunter's falling, he yells, Shoot that fucking dog! Was, was that, that the punchline? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't dude, I love that, that one. That's, but, a, but that's like a 1970s. But thank you. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll put a poll in, uh, in our Instagram page. We'll ask the audience. Uh, if you've gotten this far on the podcast, did you think uh, did you All think right, I got one more funny? for you. Um, Two rednecks are out fishing on the water, and they're not catching any fish. It's Bubba, and let's just call the other one Clay. Peter, Clay, whatever. All right, so Bubba says to Clay, says, Clay, I ain't catching no fish, man. You catch anything? He says, no, I ain't catching nothing. He he says, all right, well, let's play 21 questions. Clay says, all right, let's do it. So the only word Bubba can think of is donkey dick. And Clay says, all right, I got my first question. Can you eat it? And Bubba says, well, I reckon. Clay says, is it a donkey dick? <laughs> That's pretty good.
That's pretty good. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give that one probably a All seven right. and a half out of ten. It. All right. Okay. I've got a couple here. Uh, classic corny uh, dad jokes. Um, what concert costs you just 45 cents? Which one? 50 cents featuring Nickelback. <laughs> oh. Pretty good one. And then, did you hear about the marriage between the two satellite dishes? The wedding was terrible. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today, guys and gals. But thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, tune in next week. We've got a great interview coming up. As always, make sure to check that spam folder because, as always, we are per my last email.